0: Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 1. Again, we welcome our guests and we welcome our friends, brothers and sisters. Thank you for being here. We welcome you to Christ Center Church. Exodus chapter 20. Amen. Verse 1 through 6. Verse 1 says. And God spake all these words saying, who spake it? I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. God is letting us know he brought brought Israel out of Egypt and he will bring you out of Egypt. Our world today is the modern day Egypt. For what it was back then. And God brought his children, the children of Israel, out of that land of of bondage. And he will do the same for you if you're in bondage today. Verse 3 says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. He says, since I was able to bring you out and no other gods was able to bring you out, please don't have no other other gods before me because they can't bring you out. Oh, Jesus, help me. Anything that you have in your life beside God, they can't bring you out. They can't help you. And that's why God is fixed on telling you, have no other God before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. He covered everything. Heaven earth and under the earth in the seas he said don't have any kind of images that comes from those places thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I the Lord thy God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me Those of us that don't make God our God, the iniquity of your parents will be passed down to you and you will be in bondage because of your parents, your great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents. Because of their actions, if you're not in God, their bondage, their way of being that is ungodly will be passed down to you and you will live in it because you don't have a deliverer. See, the Bible says when we're born again, we become new creatures. All things are passed away. The only way not to be controlled by your parents and your grandparents, your great-grandparents, the only way not to be controlled by their bondage is by becoming born again of the water and of the Spirit because no longer will their bondage and their sins be able to work in your life because you become a new creature in Christ. You stay away from Christ you're going to wonder, what's happening to me? Well, go back and look. Your daddy was a drinker. Your mama was a drinker. Go back and look. If you're having problems with sexual things, it means people in your family was, And it will always rule you if you don't get out of yourself and get into God. It's easy. When you go to a therapist, all they want to do is dig in your past. They're they, they just getting all this stuff from God. they dig in your past because your past says something about you today. But without God, that's what happened. With God, they can dig in my past all they want. Because what my parents did and my grandparents did, my gra- it doesn't matter when I get in God. If they used to be smokers, it don't matter. If I'm saved, don't tell me I'm going to have no cancer because guess what? It don't matter. I'm not a smoker and, it's, and, and, and it didn't get passed down to me because I became a new creature in Christ. Verse 6, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. When you love God and you do your best in keeping his commandments, he will show you mercy. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, your presence is here. We're experiencing your presence even now. Allow each and every person in here today to be able to understand that you're here right now, ready to deliver, ready to save, ready to change their life, never ever to be the same again. I thank you for what you're going to do in their life, and I thank you for what you will do in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Today, I want to entitle our message today, Dethroning your gods. Dethroning your gods. Everybody's here today because God wanted you to be here today. Whatever way you got here today, it was orchestrated by Almighty God. He had something to say to you. And he's going to say it today through me. God wants to tell you something today. God wants to help you today because he loves you. He loves you. He's tired of watching you abuse yourself. Sometimes you think you're, 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 you're feeling good about what you're doing or you think that what you're doing is all good because it makes you feel good and God says it's abuse. And God is here today to let you experience true deliverance. I wonder how many people today here that has given much thought to the first commandment. We read, we we read the first commandment today. Now, in case you don't know where the commandments are, if you kept reading where we read Exodus twenty-one through six, you keep reading all the way down to nineteen twenty. You'll see all the commandments is in Exodus chapter twenty, from verse one. Just read all of it. So the the, the third verse in Exodus chapter twenty, verse. The third verse says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me is the first commandment. And I don't know how many of us give thought to the first commandment or we just think about we shouldn't lie. We shouldn't steal. We shouldn't commit murder. All the things that we know, we we think about those things. But somehow we never think about that first commandment. Thou shalt have no other god before me. And so we 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 kind of, I don't know, tricked ourselves to, to, to thinking that, well, Jesus is my God and I don't have any other gods before him. And so we kind of move past that commandment because in our mind, well, I don't serve any other God, I don't bow down to any other God, I don't worship any other God, so I know who my God is and I'm good with that. So we never stop to think, are we breaking commandment number one? You see, when you break commandment number one, have no other God before me, it's saying that you are committed idol you're committing idolatry now that sounds like a sin idolatry yeah 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 that sounds like a sin but 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 of course i'm not bowing down before any images i'm not worshiping any images i'm not serving any images so so i can't be committing idolatry thou shall have no other gods before me this is what the lord is telling us and i believe that most of us in here today feel like mm, i don't I don't, God. I'm good, there. I'm good. I'm good. We think of idolatry as something ancient. Back in the day. Statues and images. People bowing down and worshiping it. And so we never think that in this present day and time that there's idolatry. We are committing idolatry. We just feel like, nah, that's far from me. Now, I will tell you this. Idolatry is the number one issue in the Bible. God dealt with idolatry a whole lot in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. Not because it was olden times, but because it is that important and that serious. Idolatry will cause more damage in your life than you will ever imagine but we never look at it as idolatry. So we, we experience a lot of issues and a lot of struggling because in our mind, I'm not committing idolatry. So, you know, it must be something else why I'm going through what I'm going through. And so the Bible speaks of idolatry as a big issue. In in the first five books of the Bible, there's over 50 laws in the first five books of the Bible. And idolatry is one of those uh, law that if you commit it, the the the, 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 the in, in Judaism, if you commit idolatry, it's one of the four laws that if you break them, it's a death sentence. Because if you commit idolatry, what is it worth living anymore? Mm-hmm. So idolatry is very very serious, and we need to go back and say. The first commandment says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Am I having any other gods before God? Am I dealing with any other gods before my God? What if idolatry is no longer you bowing down before an image or a statue? What if idolatry is, is not you actually physically worshiping A cow, a calf. What if idolatry is not you just worshiping some deity? What what if that's not idolatry anymore? What if idolatry is really, really in our imagination? What if we're bowing down in our imagination? What if we're serving them in a different kind of way? What if we have gods that we're worshiping in our life, but we have not called them gods? We're just saying that's just what we do. But maybe, just maybe, what you are doing in your life you're committing idolatry maybe whatever you're living however you're living your life you're committing idolatry but you haven't given much thought because you're saying I'm not bowing down before a deity I'm not bowing down before some image I'm I'm, I'm not doing any worship to any deity or image I'm just living my life and so idolatry doesn't come to mind and so in our mind that's not one of the sins I need to worry about Hmm. what if i told you that every sin you're struggling with every discouragement you are dealing with every lack of purpose that you're that's in your life all of those things that you're you're, you're challenged with today what if i tell you that the issue is idolatry what if i tell you that all your struggles all of what you're going through, the real true issue is not what you think it is, it is idolatry. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I realized this some time ago. Now, as I was looking at putting all the things that the Lord was helping me to understand in this, I realized something we do a lot. We normally look to take care of, Maddie, the symptoms instead of the real issue. We we, we treat symptoms and never the real issue. So there's a lot of times in our life what we're dealing with, what we're struggling, it never really gets resolved because we start looking at the symptoms of what's going on. And we never went below that and look at what the real issue is. And so when we continue to look at symptoms, we will never ever resolve our issues because you're trying to treat symptoms and symptoms will always be, but if you take care of the issue, then you take care of the problem symptoms that's what we treat all the time and symptoms really when the doctor when you go to the doctors the doctor is trying to find out the real issue Barry by you telling him the symptoms he won't know what it really is you got to start telling, well, I have headaches, well, I got dizziness, yeah, I cough a lot, blah, blah, and he's listening to all of this to try to get to what the real issue is, but you name symptoms to him. Well, today, my people, I want to tell you that a lot of times we're struggling with things, uh, we're challenged by things, uh, we, we we're going through stuff, we can't get the victory, and we can't because we're treating symptoms uh, and never looking at the issues, uh, never getting down below the surface uh, to say, why is this happening me. Why am I going through this? And most of the time we'll look and realize idolatry. Idolatry. The real issue is not the symptoms. Trying to avoid stuff. I've said this before and so you can check me on it. I've said before that if you're struggling with this stay away from it that's okay but that's not taking care of it because there's something deeper than that and so yeah we tell you if you're trying not to drink don't go to the bars Don't go where they're drinking. And that's true. I'm not telling you that's not true. That's true. But that did not resolve that problem. That problem is still there. You're going to deal with that problem. Whatever it is that you have to deal with, by staying away from it, yes, it helps. uh, But the problem goes nowhere. Because you never really dealt with the problem. You're just trying to avoid the problem. God don't avoid problems. He gets straight to the core of the matter and he deals with it. And if we're going to get the victory and not be victims and not be just just people always struggling and people, whoa, it's me and why I can't get it right. If we're going to be those kind of people that God wants us to be, if we're going to be the kind of people that God will use us to be victorious and to encourage others and to show the light of Christ in us, we're going to have to deal with real issues and not symptoms. So whatever your issue is right now, because we all got them, including me, we need to start looking at it and, and and stop analyzing it by the symptoms. Because the symptoms won't help you. Staying away from stuff is good. Putting barriers around you is good. But that's still not resolving the issues. Can I tell you this? The Bible says, if if you've got a demon in you, and we cast out the demon, and you don't get filled with the Holy Ghost, that demon will come back. And not only will he come back by himself, he will come back and bring some others. When you cast a demon out, if you're going to be in a position like that for God to use you to do that, you got to tell that demon, and hey, don't you come back. Mmm, quiet in here When we start talking about it. And listen, you have authority over demons, people. You are the children of the Most High God. Do you think, listen to this, do you think if the devil was that powerful that when he sinned against God, you don't think God would chain him up and lock him up that he could not come and terrorize us? Don't you think God would have put him in check a long time if he was that bad to overtake you? If he was that bad, God wouldn't have allowed him to be going to and fro on the earth. If he was that bad, God would say, no, you don't. They're my children. Because who are you? Who in here is going to let their baby be around somebody that they don't trust and don't like and can destroy their baby? God's not going to let this devil terrorize you if the devil could terrorize you. God has given you authority over the devil. But we don't believe that. And so the devil laugh and keep on trying to mock you. But if you cast a demon out of somebody, you gotta tell that demon, and don't you come back. And he won't come back. But another demon will come. What does this have to do with what I'm talking about today? When you deal with your problem, your issue, that real issue that you're dealing with, when you deal with that thing the right way. And not try to treat the symptoms. When you deal with it the way you need to deal with it, then you get the victory over it, and you should be fine moving forward. But another one will come. Different way, different face, but another one will come. They don't stop coming. They will always keep coming, but you just got to know the source and the process of how you defeat each and every one of those situations, because they will not stop coming. And that's why we get so uh, in a bad position because if we don't deal with the first one we up against, then there come another one. And, come on and we just get bombarded we, and we never dealt with none of them. Dethroning your gods. Symptoms. A phenomenon that arises from and accompanies a particular disease or disorder and serve as an indication. Symptoms serve as an indication that something is wrong. And we keep on looking at the symptoms when the symptoms are just indications. Let me look at a scenario for you. I know kids are in here, and I'll do my best to be good. But let's take someone addicted to pornography. Whatever happened when you were younger, whatever situation you got into, you can't help yourself. Got to search out, find out where the pornography is, whether magazine, internet, whatever. And so you're constantly going after that, and that's just something that you just can't get the victory over. You know, you might be good this week, but next week you're back to it. Whatever, you're struggling with that. You're struggling with that, and so you say, "Man, I've got this issue." The first thing we think about is lust. We think lust is the problem. Stop lusting. God, help me. Stop lusting. Because I just don't want, you know, God. And you're praying for God to help you with the symptoms because lust is the symptoms. The real problem is idolatry because anything that controls your life has become a God. So any addiction that you're going through, it's a God to you. And Jesus Christ is no longer your God because what God is supposed to be doing, some addiction is doing. So when you are being called by that addiction, you feel like you got to go do it. And it's the same thing we should be feeling. We should be waking up in the morning and feeling that pull towards going to pray to God. When we wake up in the morning, we should still feel that pull to say, i got to worship God. When we wake up every day, we should feel the power of God to say, I gotta love somebody today, I gotta treat somebody right today. We should feel the pull of doing what's right and pleasing to God. But when something else is pulling you, that something else has become your God. It has taken place of your God. So it's no longer lust, it's a God to you. And so we're constantly dealing with the symptoms. Of lust, you never got the victory because you're dealing with something that's really not the issue. It's the symptoms that you, you're dealing with, and so now you got to stop and say, "Hold on, what do I have to do here?" You got to stop and say, "This thing has become a god in my life." Oh, somebody help me here today! You got to go look at your life and see what has become a god in your life. What, what, what can't you, what, 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 what is in your life that you just can't stop doing? It just, it's dragging you. It's, it's pushing you. It's pulling you. You gotta just keep on doing it. And even though you know it's wrong and you don't want to do it, you're saying, I can't do this. It's not right. But you find yourself doing it when it's like that. It has become a God in your life and you are breaking the first commandment. Thou shall have no other gods before me. And that thing has become a God to you. And instead of deliverance, it just takes you further and further in bondage. Because only God, the true and living God, his name is Jesus. Only he can deliver you. Nothing else can deliver you. And while you may get into stuff, whatever we get into, it gives us a temporary feeling of goodness. Uh, Whatever we get all into, it gives us a temporary feeling. But the long run is destruction. That same subject I'm talking about, I won't say it again. But well, let me tell you something about that. If that's an issue, it does so much damage. You have no idea. It stops you from being able to be intimate with someone if that's your addiction. It, 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 you don't treat intimacy like it's supposed to be treated anymore because of that issue right there. And so while it makes you feel good for the time that you're going through, which is every sin, makes you feel good, with, but it, it just keeps eating away and keeps just eating away and before you know it you, you are a slave to it that's a God and the almighty is not your God oh God help us help us Jesus We really want God to be our God, and we claim he's our God, but when we look at our life, we can see that we have broken the first commandment, and if you break the first commandment, there is no power in your life. The power of God is not in your life, and sometimes the devil brings things in your life, make you think it's God, and it's not, and so he keeps you at bay and do some things to make you think, oh, God is working in my life, because you come to church, you come to Bible study, you come to prayer meeting, you still think that, okay, I'm not doing bad, I'm okay, God is working in my life, and it's the devil just, Throwing you trinkets to make you think you're okay. But at the end of the day, if you have broken the first commandment, you're just going through the motions. You're going through the motions if you've broken the first commandment. If you have made something else your God, if you have made something else your God, you have broken the first commandment. And whatever you're doing will not be profitable because you have broken the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods. Before me. Help us God. Idolatry isn't just one of many sins. Rather it's one. Rather it's the great one. The great sin. That all other sins come from. So when you begin to get caught up in idolatry. Once you break that, that first law that first commandment, it's going to lead you into all other sins. The sin that you're struggling with wasn't the first issue. It wasn't the, 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 the thing that got you there. It was idolatry that got you there. Jesus Christ was no longer your God. I love to say this, and you practice this if this is true in your life. Jesus Christ is Lord. What you're saying is Jesus Christ is ruler. Jesus Christ is master. And I know it's uncomfortable for some of you, but I can say it because I trust him. I know who he is. And I say it all the time. Jesus, you are my Lord. Jesus, you are my God. Jesus, you are my master and my ruler. I will serve you and I will give everything to you. I'm comfortable with that. I don't have a problem saying that. And if you're gonna be a child of God, you gotta become comfortable with that. You gotta become comfortable and say, God, you can have all the rulership over me. God, you can reign in my life. God, you can do whatever you want. God, if I'm being an idiot, slap me upside the head and tell me, get straight. God, I give you access to my life. God, I want you to rule my life. God, I want you to do whatever you gotta do. If you gotta whoop me, whoop me. Whatever you gotta do but just be God, just be Lord, just be ruler in my life. I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem saying that because I understand if I don't worship Him, if I don't serve Him, I'm going to serve another God. I'm going to worship another God. I'm going to serve another God. You think, you think that you're calling your own shots? You think that you got it all under control? You're going to serve another God if you don't serve the true and living God. And God tells us uh, those gods will keep you in bondage. Oh, God. Oh, help us, Jesus. Don't, don't let those gods keep you in bondage. Don't get bitter against God he didn't forsake you you made some choices you went in the wrong direction you got pulled away don't don't get mad at god don't don't be angry at god you chose to bring some other gods in your life and and they got the best of you because they don't love you whatever it is if it's people that's your god if it's things that's your god if it's addiction that's your god they don't love you they want to destroy you and so they have come in your life to take your life and god was trying to stop you but understand is this? We, God is not just going to take us by the hand and pull us. God is saying, Whosoever will, let them come. If you love me, won't you come? If you want me, won't you come? Listen to this Chester Wright, one of the guys that was there, he'd been preaching since 19, what he said, the year I was born. He was preaching since 1968, he said. And so he said, this man is an authority, and he's preaching and teaching, and he dropped a bomb. Boy, he got quiet in there. Some of the ladies walked out. I said, ooh. Here's what Chester Wright said. And I've said it before. I felt good. You know, It's, it's wonderful when I go away, and I hear some big-timers. You know, th- them are big-timers. I hear big-timers preaching stuff that I preach. I say, whoa, Wayne, you ain't that bad, huh? Okay. You okay? You on the right track. Because, you know, these people are preaching before I was born. And so when you hear them preach the same thing, you say, all right, I'm on the right track. Not that I didn't think I was, but it's always good to get some confirmation. And so Chester Wright said, um, God don't force anybody to love him. Angels, I was tweeting my butt off the other day. Just if you're you on, you on, you on Twitter, you would see stuff was just coming through. Angels was created. To choose, but they did not have the right to choose angels were created with the option to choose but they didn't have the right to choose and they chose so that's why they have no way to get saved they had their opportunity to choose but they didn't have the right to and because they went and chose they can never be saved We, on the other hand, we were created to have choice purposely and to choose because God wants us to choose to love him. He didn't want us to be forced to love him. And God will not tolerate anybody that's walking around. We don't say it, but we act like, Sinead, well, please, God, you better love me. We do that. And God will never stand for that, uh, us living our life like he He better love me. Relationship is about two people loving each other. You love me, I love you. This is what Chester Wright said. I mean, it, it dropped a bomb in the conference. He said, if my wife keeps threatening like she want to leave, I'm going to pack her bags and tell her go, never come back. He said that's what God did to angels. Lucifer act like he was something special in heaven. God packed his bag and said you ain't never coming back. Because God was not put up with anybody that's going to say, w- w- what you going to do? You, 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 come on now, you, you better love me. Either we going willingly love him, willingly give ourselves to him, or he going to be like, well, okay. And as much as it may hurt, he has to do it because we got to be like-minded. We can't go to heaven being standoffish. We can't go to heaven with pride. We can't go to heaven and say, well, because I'm the one. We can't. It must be mutual. We must love God and God will love us. The Bible says he already loved us, but now we need to make sure we show our love towards him. When God showed his love, what did he do? He said, God so loved the world that he gave himself. So he didn't just talk the talk. When When he created us, he was in love with us, and he gave himself to us by dying for us. That's what he did. What you doing to show God you love him? what you doing? Because you're going to have to do something. We can't sit back and be like, well, he created me, so he's going to have to love me. He loves you, yes, but if you don't love him back, you're going to be stuck where you are, and you won't go to heaven. You're going to have to love him back. You're going to have to show him that you love him. I pray, I say, God, I want to love you like you love me. Help me to love you like you love me. That's what I want. I want. I don't think it's possible, but I'm going to strive until Jesus comes that I will try to love him just the way he loves me. How he gave himself for me, I want to be able to give myself to him. However he show his love to me, I want to show all of that to him. I want this to be mutual. I want this to be right. And so I want to love him just the way he loves me. Which means I gotta do something. I can't just sit here and say, "Well, I go to church." I can't just sit here and say, "Well, I go to Bible study." I can't just sit there and say, "I read my Bible or I pray." I gotta show something. That's why it's important when you come to church. You can't just sit there. If you're gonna love God, you gotta worship Him. If you're gonna love God, you gotta praise Him. And not because somebody said clap your hands, not because somebody said you need to lift your hands, but you need to say, "I don't care what nobody think." I got a personal love affair with Jesus. I will worship him if nobody else does. I will praise him if nobody else does because I got a love affair with him. Oh, help us, God. I want to come to church. And when I come to church, it don't have nothing to do with what the preacher preach. But I want it to have to do with me and God. I want it to be when I feel like I need to praise Him, I just get up and praise Him. I thank God for church that will just praise Him. I thank God for church that you can run and you can dance and you can sing and you can shout. You can express yourself to God. I don't want to be in a church where I can't express myself. I want to express myself I don't care if you run I don't care if you shout because guess what you're doing it unto the Lord and I ain't God and I'm not trying to get in the way of you and your God if you decide you gotta praise him, uh, you go ahead and praise him. Uh, if you decide you gotta worship him, uh, then you go ahead and do it. Uh, because God seeketh such uh, who will worship him. Uh, and if you wanna worship him, uh, you should worship him uh, whenever you feel like it. Hallelujah. I'm almost there. When the Bible says, "I'm taking it down, what is it? Prepare for landing. I heard that a whole lot this week. Prepare for landing. They be telling you prepare for landing 30 minutes before you land. Like, dude, tell me prepare for landing five minutes before, okay? Don't get on the thing and tell me prepare for landing still 30 minutes. Come on now, I can do a lot in 30 minutes. Tell me another time, okay. And so, when the Bible says, you shall have no other gods before me. We think God is talking about a hierarchy structure. See, we've we we we've got this thing wrong. Have no other God before me. We start thinking hierarchy structure. You know, you go to your, your job and they got the president, vice president, you know, and all the, the directors and everything like that. You know, we think that we're saying God is the president and CEO. That's a hierarchy structure. And so some of us you, you hear sometimes on the, on the TV athletes come and say, I want to thank God who's my savior and he's the head of my life, Sister Henry. <laughs> you hear, don't you hear that? He's the head of my life. It's no, it's no coincidence why this church is called christ Center church. Trust me. He's not the head of my life. He's at the center of my life. Right. He's not the head of my life. He rules everything about this thing here. This don't have nothing to do with no head. And so a lot of time we think, don't have no other God before me we're thinking that he's saying, don't put nothing above me, but that's not really what he, what he where he's going what he's saying is don't you have any other God in my presence not before me, not beside me, not behind me. I brought you out of your sin. I brought you out of your bondage. You think I'm going to be second? You think I'm going to be compared? You think I'm going to be on a hierarchy chart with you and your gods? I'm not putting up with that. I'm not going to have you compare me with your other stuff. Don't compare me with your other stuff. I created everything and you want to compare me? You want to say I'm first? I'm head of your stuff and then you got all the other stuff around me? God is not not having it. He's saying don't you have no other God in my presence. I'm God all by myself. You ever hear me pray? I pray God you are the only God. All other gods are idols. I pray that specifically because I know there is no other God but Jesus. Jesus is the only true and living God. All other gods are idols and I want him to know he is my God. He has said I don't want Anything to compare to me. Yeah, yeah, it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't first head of my life. Kidding me? Dude, say, you kidding me? Head of your life? No, I'm the only thing in your life. I'm a jealous God. You forgot that part of the Bible? So if there's other things around, you to have a problem with that. You can't share yourself with God. He don't want you to share. He don't want to share you with nobody else. This is why he called the church his bride. Y'all are going to get me going all day here today. There's a reason why he called the church his bride. Brothers, we bride. No, we don't want to hear that, but we're the bride of Christ. There's a reason why. When you got a wife, do you want to share her, brother? Okay. Okay. Well, Jesus don't want to share his bride either. So when we have all these other gods, he's saying, are you kidding me? I don't want to have no parts of that. And so you want to know sometimes why you may not be feeling Jesus. And I'm not telling you that you always got to feel him because he's he's present everywhere at all at once. But there's times where he is just like not interested in the stuff that you involve in. He's just not around because you have made him to, to, to try to fellowship with your gods and he won't have it. He won't fellowship with your gods. When you get other gods involved, he says, all right, catch you later. Because I'm not going to be around while you try to have this God and that God and that God and that God around me. You crazy? I created you and them. And you want me to share you? No, 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 no. no. You're the most precious thing to me. God created us. We're the only thing in this world, under this world, in heaven that's like him. God created us in his image. There is nobody else, nothing else, no creation in this world that have what we have. he did that specifically so he's got a problem because what he's saying oh God here we go Holy Ghost what he's saying is you misrepresent me when you don't act like me because I created you to act like me I created you to be like me and whatever you do that's not like me you're sending the wrong message of who I am you're the only ones who walk in this earth that's like me the angels are not like me The, the, the animals are not you you all of you the only ones. That's like God. When God created in his mind, creation took place in God's mind before it was manifested. You all understand that, right? So everything that we see was all in the mind and then he began to speak them into existence. And the first thing God created was, who know the first thing he, he created? There you go, I got some smart people. Either you're reading stuff or you're listening to me, whatever, I don't know. But the first thing God created was his word. But listen to this. And his word became. So really the first thing God created was what? Jesus Christ. So the Bible says in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word you jump down I think is 12 or 14, 14. I think it's 14. And the word became flesh. So what God is saying is the first thing I created was my word. And then I became the word physically so you can see me because none of us can relate to God the way he was before he created the word. The word who is Jesus Christ is the conduit to help us connect with God because God is so omnipotent. He is so consuming. God consumes his whole world and because he's so consuming the bottom line is we could not really fellowship with him if he stayed invisible. So what he did was he created a conduit which is the word of God which is himself Jesus the man God. He created that so we can have something to relate to because that's the only way we can relate to him. This is why prayer becomes important because the only way you can relate to him is through prayer because you couldn't stand in his presence. The Bible said we would burn up if we stand in his presence. So he created a conduit, which means we should be conduits. We're supposed to be like him. So we should be conduits. That's probably my, my, my favorite quote. One of my favorite quotes the whole time I was down in Mississippi is that I will not be a reservoir. I will be a conduit. I don't want to be a reservoir. A reservoir store stuff. Conduit. Things flow through it. I want to be a conduit which means I want things, the things of God to flow through me. I'm not storing anything. I'm not holding on to anything. This ain't got nothing to do with me. This is about God's kingdom. It's all about him. We just, we just conduits. Oh, help us Jesus. So God is saying have no other gods in my presence. Not before me, not beside me, not behind me. Just period in my presence. Today we associate worship with religion when in actuality we as humans were built to be worshipers. And the reason why we're struggling with the first commandment is because we were built for worship. John, think about it. If we were built to worship, we're going to worship something because we were built for worship. And so what happened is if we choose not to worship God by default, we're going to worship something else because we were built to worship. So that's what's going on with us. And we, so, so nobody can claim to uh, uh, not have brought any other gods in your life because if you don't have the true and living God in your life, you have brought other gods in your life because you don't have a choice but to worship God created you that way because he knows that he he's not interested in you worshiping him because he wants to say yeah worship me that whole worship part is to protect you if you worship God nothing can touch you or get the best of you but if you don't worship God then you're going to go astray and other things can come in your life so God built us to be worshipers just so we can keep our minds stayed on him just so we can be focused on him and worship him and that when anything else try to get in it won't because we're so involved in worshiping him check out a description here of worship and this will tell you if you have brought false gods in your life idol worshiping in your life check out this description of worship Reverent devotion and allegiance pledge to something. Reverent devotion and allegiance pledge to something. So if God is your God, you will have reverent devotion and allegiance and pledge to him. Listen to this other part. The rituals or ceremony by which... This reverence is expressed. (laughs) Remember that uh, example that I gave? There's a ritual that you go through to get to that God. Got to get on the internet. Got to buy your magazine. Whatever you got to do, there's a ritual. There's something you got to do to get to finally where you're trying to go to so you see it's not lust it's a god that you brought in your life because you went through a ritual to get to that thing that is controlling you that's worship and so you can't d- you, you you can't say you have not brought false gods in your life and, and, and started worshiping another god because you're allowing your ritualistic behavior and practices to lead you to that thing that you got to get to, that thing that makes you feel good, that thing that ease your pain, that thing that, you know, comforts you. So that's what you're going to. Here's another description of worship. To put your hope in something or someone and then chase after it. Again, trying to show you what we have done and haven't realized it. And that means we have brought idolatry into our life. We have broke the first commandment and we're struggling and we're not realizing what's happening to us. And we're saying, but I'm going to church. I'm praying. Yes, but you have brought idolatry into your life because you are uh, involved in, 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 in putting your hope and trust in something or someone and chasing after it. What are you chasing after today? What are you chasing after? I'm chasing after Jesus. We sing, I'm chasing after you. Yeah, we singing it. What are we really chasing? I'm chasing after Jesus. And I'm not telling you that we're going to be perfect and live perfect. What I'm telling you is as long as Jesus is your God and that's who you're chasing after, you will be able to defeat the idols that come in your life. And so when you allow some idols to come in your life, when you allow some false gods to come in your life, you can defeat them. If Jesus is your God, you will be able to defeat them. But if Jesus is not your God, then you can't defeat those idols and images. You can't defeat those things that have come into your life to destroy you. Hmm. Are we pursuing God or we're pursuing our stuff? Are we pursuing God or are we pursuing other things? Are we pursuing God? and And, and can I tell you this? All right, check this out. And I'm almost there. Nothing is really bad that we usually pursue after. It's what we make it or what it has become in our life that makes it bad. Your job is not bad. Your children are not bad. Your education is not bad. Your career is not bad. And I can go on and there's nothing wrong with it. Having a nice home is not bad. But how you continue to pursue it. The things that however it has taken up, how much time it has taken up in your life. How much have you sacrificed to to keep going and to pursue it. Now that changes the whole story. So so I'm not going to be a priest that tell you, you better stop working at that job. That's stupid. Work your job. Earn a good living for your family. Do what you got to do. Just don't make it become a God in your life. Yes, go get education. Yes, go be as smart as you can to get a good job, a good career. But don't let it become a God. Don't chase that so much that God have to now battle with that. Because God says, I'm not battling with nothing. I'm going to either be your God or I'm not. And so if you want to make your pursuit of education more important than me, then go ahead and do that all on your own. These things are not bad, so let's not make things out to be bad. It's it's, it's how we handle them. It's just like we said the Internet is not bad. Facebook is not bad. Uh, Instagram, all these things are not bad. But it's what we do with them that makes it bad. God is allowing, it. We, we gotta be the children of God and let God flow through us, conduit, conduit. Use these things for the glory of God and not for our own benefit because if we do for our own benefit, here's something, let me help you. I, 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 I'm gonna say this and then I'll, I'll, I'll just finish up here. You wanna know, how can you tell How can you tell if something is bad? How do you know when it's going sideways, when it's going bad and I'm making it to God? How how do I know? Here is how you're going to know. You're going to know because you have to ask yourself this question before you start. Why am I doing it? You ever want to know what something is to you in your life? Just ask yourself, why am I doing it? And just keep on asking the why. Keep asking why. Keep asking why. Because you might have an answer the first time around. But just ask another why. Ask another why. And if you never get to the last why of somehow God needs to get the glory, then be careful. That can become a God in your life. That's how you rate it. That's how you, that's how you deal with it. You just got to look at it. Why? 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 And if somehow God don't get any glory out of it, then it can become a God to you. There is gods, or there are gods in your life that needs to be dethroned. You need to really take inventory of your life and look at all the gods in your life and begin to dethrone them. Some of us, our gods is our house. You know what's a God that we don't realize? TV shows. I know y'all don't want me to stay on that, but I'm just telling you how I know it. TV shows is a God. If you feel like you've you got to go through whatever you got to go through to, to watch it, you're in trouble. Because you're sacrificing for it. Don't sacrifice for these things. It's one thing to to to, to okay, I'm I, I'm I have time, I'm here, this is, I'm not doing anything I'll do. It. But when you gotta move around things and sacrifice to go watch your favorite show, go watch your favorite game, watch out. That thing can get you. For years, when I went in church, I was a sports fanatic. I missed the Super Bowl. Because that told me where I was in God. I didn't have a problem with it for years. Missed the Super Bowl because we had evening service and, and Super Bowl started at 6 and we were just going back to sh- go back to church. And just like, okay, Super Bowl, I miss you, but it's okay. And I was faithful to the Super Bowl. But if you want to take inventory of where you are in your life, you, you just look at the things that are near and dear to you that you think is near and near and see how much sacrifice you're doing for it. Today you will choose which God you will serve. I'm telling you, today you will choose which God you will serve. You can choose to make Jesus your Lord, or you cannot do anything at all. And the God that's in your life will continue to rule you. So by not choosing at all, you stand packed. And the God that's working in your life, they will continue to work in your life because you decide to do nothing. So by doing nothing, those gods stay where they are. They stay in place and they're still in your life. By choosing Jesus to be Lord of your life, then you choose to make God Lord of your life. And you will humble yourself, surrender yourself, and you will let him be Lord in your life. Last scripture, Joshua 24 verse 20. The scripture says, if you forsake the Lord... And serve strange gods. Then he will turn and do you hurt. <laughs> I know we, we probably think that, man, God will do that. And consume you. After that, he had done you good. So, here's what he's saying. You can be doing good. But if you start following strange God, God will hurt you and consume you. Now, if you want to stop serving a strange God and move to God, then God will do you good. 21. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. They made a choice. Will you serve the Lord? Or are you just going to stand pat? I'm just in church today. That's a good I hear, I hear. I hear you preach. That wasn't bad. I'm just in church. But you're going to leave out and keep your gods with you. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. 22, And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves, that ye have chosen you, the Lord, to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God, will we serve and his voice will we obey. Will you stand with me? How do you dethrone your idols, your, your your gods in your life? How do you dethrone them? Can I tell you something simple? I've never seen this before. The church that we went to that hostess this week, When they were building the new church, oh man, brought tears to my eyes. I was so, I said, these people love God, man, for real. But when they were building their new building, when they poured the concrete slab, John, you know what they did? They got Bibles and put under the concrete slab before it was poured. Bibles, 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 all under the structure, Bibles then pour the concrete slab our crazy mind is how you going to pour things on the the, the Bible but what he was saying is we standing on that word we want this foundation to be on the word of God (laughs) after they put the Bibles all under the frame and then poured the concrete slab then they started writing scriptures on the slab before they put the carpet And there's a significance to that. For years I've been in church and as a pastor, preacher, minister, saint, we always think laying hands and praying some powerful prayer is going to take care of business. But the way for you to be delivered, the way for you to be set free, the way for you to get on your way with Jesus is just obeying his word just obeying his word it don't take no preacher having the power of God in him to lay hands and all of a sudden something just, just work. No, 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 no. Just obey his word. That's why they put the word of God under that structure. That's why they wrote the word of God. Because all we have to do at the end of the day is obey the word of God. In order to dethrone your gods, all you have to do is make a declaration to obey the word of God no matter what it costs you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God and His Word is synonymous. You can't get no better than His Word. The preacher can't do no better than his word. When I stand before you, the only thing I can do is preach his word because that's where the power is. That's what delivers. That's what saves. Not me. No man can save you. The word of God can save you. So today, the only way to dethrone your gods is to forsake every way ...of ungodliness, and for every God that has taken rulership in your life, all you got to do is tell the Lord, this day, I choose you as Lord of my life. This day, I choose you as master and ruler of my life. This day, I choose to obey your word and not follow my desires. And not follow the things that I've been caught up in or or the things that have allowed me to go sideways. The biggest God you will struggle with. This is the biggest God you will struggle with is yourself. You have made yourself your God. You have made yourself God. And all we, you know, I always say this. We all like to say, I just can't. Okay, you have made yourself God. Whatever you think you can't do, you have made yourself God. And so today, you got to dethrone yourself. (laughs) You got to come off your throne. If you want God to be your God. And you got to let him sit on the throne in your life. Jesus needs to sit on the throne in your life and you need to get off that throne because you've been on that throne. You've been on the throne because you've been dictating everything about your life. You've been dictating everything about your life. You may be the biggest God that you're struggling with. Yes, I know some of us are struggling with other things, but the majority of us struggle with ourselves being God in our life.